Welcome into another episode of the Five for Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five for Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. All right, guys and gals, welcome in, welcome back. We have a Notre Dame victory to finally talk about. And you know, I've been slacking on some of the celebratory stuff I do after we win, but some of the all, the four wins prior to this past weekend haven't been against like. Awesome competition. And shockingly, Duke ended up being the awesome competition. But we got to play it because, well, we won, right? <laughs> got to get the good vibes going early. In this episode, we won. It wasn't pretty. We'll talk about it. We're going to get there. There's, there's, there's more stuff to, to talk about than maybe we had anticipated initially. Uh, and we're going to get to all the Notre Dame stuff. But first, but first, we've got to go through the rest of the college football scoreboard. Um, if you guys didn't see some of it, I know there's a one particular game you guys might have seen or at least know the outcome of. But, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. Uh, you know, Notre Dame beat Duke, again, better than I expected. So, credit where credit is due. Better than I expected. But you had Penn State tied with Northwestern at the half. You had uh, Kentucky beat a ranked Florida, which maybe they shouldn't have been ranked because they only... They lost to Utah, who turns out is not that good because they don't have Cam Rising. I don't know, but whatever. Kentucky beat Florida. That seemed to be a big game in the SEC. Not the only one in the SEC. <laughs> uh, like, for example, Georgia escaped Auburn. I did watch most of that game. Uh, that was the first game I clicked on as soon as I came home from my boys' football game in the morning. Uh, I don't know if Georgia was ever in jeopardy of losing. Per se, but it was definitely close, and there was some, you know, excitement and whatnot. Uh, very interesting. Georgia is currently 0 and uh, five. I think they played five games. 0 and five against the spread. Now that, that means anything because they are five and 0 in the only column that matters. Actually, winning the football game. You had that uh, Texas won big versus Kansas. You know, maybe Texas is for real. The only big game they had was. Alabama, and I don't know if Alabama's the old Alabama, whatever. Texas won big. Can't argue that. Oregon destroyed Stanford, not unexpectedly. But Oregon is not giving up points to anybody. Uh, Let's see. Michigan played no one. This week's no one was Nebraska. And I heard they're, they're also, I think they finally covered the spread for the first time this year. There's another team that, 
it's you know the Georgia thing, the Michigan thing. They're one and two. I get it, but man, when they are actually tested, you wonder how they're going to handle it because they haven't been tested. And Michigan, this is insane, folks. What I'm about to say, I heard it and I can't believe it. This I don't know. If, it's got to be how bad Michigan's competition has been, despite them probably having a good defense. But you ready for this? Michigan has played five games. Michigan's defense has yet to play a snap inside their own 10-yard line. Not a single opponent versus Michigan has had a goal-to-go situation. They've yet to snap the ball inside Michigan's 10-yard line. Again, does that highlight how good Michigan's defense is? I'm sure they're pretty good. But that has to be more indicative of how ridiculously easy their schedule is. So when they actually have to face an opponent like Penn State, who I can rag on for being tied with Northwestern, but the final was like 40-13 to or something to that effect. They won by a lot. Uh, when they have to play Penn State or Ohio State, because that's really all they've got left on their schedule. I just I don't know if they've been coasting, and so is Georgia. Georgia almost got popped, so it it's going to be interesting. Um, but there are two other games that we witnessed. One of which is a very much hated rival. The other is just a you know we just hate them. The first one is USC Colorado. USC was winning by like a thousand, and that was a game where I got home just in time to catch the end. I'm sitting there with with my dad, who got to celebrate his 71st birthday with a Notre Dame victory. But we're sitting there watching my boys play in this halftime of uh, one of their games, and check my phone, and USC's winning, I don't even 35 to three or I, whatever the score was. It was a lot to a very little, and I said, "Well." There you go. That's what we expected. Then as you check the score after we're on our way home, I'm like, what the hell? Colorado's scored points. Colorado only lost by seven. That's crazy. What that tells me is USC can put up 48 points and whatever 100 yards of offense every single week. They cannot stop anybody. Because I remember I said Oregon shut down Stanford. Oregon shut down that Colorado offense that USC couldn't stop. Uh, Don't know what that means for Notre Dame because we're going to talk about it. But USC's defense is not good. They are now ranked 86th in the country in defense. Total defense. That's like It's the Lincoln-Riley formula, right? We're going to score 50. And we could still lose. It's going to be crazy. But that's what he wants to do. That's how he runs his program. And if we can capitalize, by all means, let's do it. So there's that game. Which we'll worry about USC when that comes. we still got Louisville coming up this Saturday at night. Just like USC was at night. Just like Duke was at night. Just like Ohio State was at night. But the game that we all enjoyed in terms of seeing the final flash up as we're watching our game. LSU loses again. 
Shockingly, right? Brian Kelly-led team? No way. Say it ain't so. In a game that matters, especially when you're in a conference now and you got to win your Western division and you can't even beat the teams inside your division, and they're not even that good? I don't know how good Ole Miss is or isn't, but LSU gave up 706 yards of offense. That's not good. That was hilarious, and I just I had to go back to all the bookmarks, and I know you guys saw them on Twitter at Five Foot Nothing Pod. Follow me, please, if you're not already, uh, and do like and share and subscribe to the notifications of my podcast. That would be great too. Anywhere you get your podcast, but I went back to my bookmarks because we got so much crap. Oh, you're just you're just mad, Brian Kelly left your sorry ass program. You're mad that Brian Kelly left you. He doesn't want you anymore. Look, watch what's going to happen to you once Brian Kelly leaves. Wait till you see what LSU does. Well, it's year two, and you guys are ready to fire him and shoot him off into the freaking Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful. Like, we were right. And they're going to say, well, what about Notre Dame? Barely str- you struggled with Duke. You lost to Ohio State. That's fine. Um, still think we're in a better spot than LSU and Brian freaking Kelly because Brian Kelly's checking all the Brian Kelly boxes he's checking them all lose games that matter check blame the players first check do the politician thing without actually answering any questions while trying to answer a question check keep all the young talent on the bench while you play the the quote unquote seniors and the veterans and uh, don't let the better athletes get in the field. Check. He's he's knocking it out of the park. Look at him go. Yep, you can have him. Keep him in Baton Rouge. Keep him over there. <clears throat> Not worried. See, I had to revisit some uh, bookmarks. That was that was pretty funny. So, but that's all I'm going to talk about for college football. As far as outside of the Notre Dame atmosphere. So let's get into this thing. Uh, Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Now, we made this Saturday count. So you know what that means? Go to saturdayscount.com. Put in the promo code ND5, the number 5, ND5. Buy one, get one free on your t-shirts. Any team, doesn't matter. Find your favorite one. Get it. Maybe you have a friend. Maybe you have a friend who went to Duke. And he wants to talk smack or she wants to talk smack prior to the game. During the game. After the game. I don't know. We won. Send him a shirt. Say, still love you. This one was free. But go there. Only so many Saturdays. Make them count. Um, what a game, guys. What a game. Right? Like last week. We're not happy because of the way it ended. And this time, uh, Duke played the role of Notre Dame in terms of last week. Or you could say we played the role of Ohio State. However you want to phrase it. It was just like last week, only we came out on top. Kind of a big deal. And if you didn't get to witness it, don't worry, guys. I got you. I got you. He's on the left hash on the 47. He has three pass catchers to his right. Three-man rush. Sam stands in. Runs out to his right on the 50. Steps up. He could run. Runs across the 40. 35, 30, 
and he got it. Yes. He got there. Yes. He got to the 29. 41 seconds left. Hands off to Estime up the middle. Keeps his Come feet running. He'll do it. He'll score. Five. Touchdown, Irish. Audric Estime puts Notre Dame back on top. And you know what? That was amazing. Paul Birdmeister on the call. And I, I, you know what? I feel like they put me in the booth. That was tremendous. Not for the Paul Birdmeister, just the, I think it was Ryan Harris. Yes! Yes! Oh, yes! Like, that's... Love hearing that. Like, talk about being a homer. I'm not complaining. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. You know, and shout out to our boy, even though it wasn't through the air. I love Sam Hartman. I love Sam Hartman! That fourth and 16, he did what he didn't do last week. He lowered his head, ran tough, and said, I'm getting this first down. He learned from last week. Marcus Freeman said as much right after the game. He said, hey, he learned from last week. And you know what? That's all you can do. He, he, I mean, we, we talk about the Ohio State game every single week and reference things or whatever, but the reality is all you can do from that game is learn. I said it last week. The L in loss needs to be for learn. We need to learn from our mistakes. And what were some of those mistakes? That fourth and one, Hartman didn't fight for that first down, just kind of accepted going out of bounds a hair short, right? So this week... Multiple times, he said, no, F that. I'm getting the extra yard. And, man, he dove. He almost went full John Elway helicopter getting that first down. And then you give it to Estime, and he rumbles and bumbles and stumbles 30 yards. Literally kept his balance. The whole thing was beautiful. It was beautiful. And did Estime have the greatest game overall? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, there was a lot of bottling him up. Uh, <clears throat> some of that, I think, had to do with Duke's plan, was to not let Estimate beat them. And I questioned Gerard Parker in, in some ways because they were, they even the broadcast pointed out how they're crashing down. Like Reese Davis and Herbstreit were talking about the ends for Duke. Crashing down. So let's go wide. Let's let's beat them at what they're clearly trying to do multiple, multiple times. Enough to get noticed. And then we did do a, a pitch one time to estimate, and it got like seven yards. And, okay, let's do that some more. Then we did like a jet sweep, and that got uh, like seven, eight yards. Okay, and that, that was it, though. I, I was very confused on some of that stuff. Just for the, like, uh, if it works, I'm not saying you can't do it every play, obviously, but a little bit more, please. You know, there were some things that just were confusing. But at the end of the day, the the two guys that I have clips for that I've been playing all season long, Sam Hartman, Audrey Gestime, boom. We, we got it done. 121-14, and real, the, the two-point conversion. Ah. <sighs> That was the most stressful two-point conversion of my life. It wasn't because I didn't think Notre Dame was going to hold on, whether it was five points or seven points. But for some of us, for some of us, 
Uh, we may or may not have bet Notre Dame to cover the five and a half. So a two-point conversion was was worth a few bucks to some of us. I don't know who, but def- definitely to some of us. And uh, so glad that cashed in. You know, and I, I got to do a little more research on Louisville before I consider putting some money down on Notre Dame to cover against Louisville. Or Louisville. You got to talk like you got marbles in your mouth. Louisville. But uh, this current spread is six and a half. That seems low, just like I thought Duke was low. But then, hell, it came down to a two-point conversion with 30 seconds to go. Sheesh. You know. And I was hoping we'd win big. Shout out to Jimmy Gallagher, at JL Gallagher 3 on the Twitter machine. He wanted some sort of rant about North Carolina, the state, and maybe Duke. Because it, we just had, like, North Carolina is, I, I don't get it. Like, the North Carolina Tar Heels, they were overhyped how many years ago, and I went on a rant. They suck. They're not that good, and we smoked them. Boom. Like, <laughs> it was pretty obvious, but whatever. You know, if you want to go back, I don't know what episode it was, but there's a solid rant uh, about North Carolina and preseason rankings and et cetera, right? Then then we, uh, historically, uh, North Carolina State, hurricane game. What the hell is that about? Then you get, uh, well, the Carolinas in general, we played Clemson in a, a hurricane-like conditions. Uh, this past Saturday, Pete Sampson flying into Raleigh, uh, Durham, whatever airport it was, Apparently there was a landing gear situation and he was told not to be alarmed by the emergency vehicles on the runway when they land. Like, what is happening in the Carolinas when we go there? It's just, it's horrible luck. We should just don't play there anymore. It's ridiculous. And then I was hoping we would blow Duke out of the water because I didn't think Riley Leonard was that special. By the way, he's kind of special. But I, I think more their defense is where I was more impressed. I thought their defensive numbers had a lot to do with the fact that played nobody. What do I know? But uh, Riley Leonard, not so great. Um, he had all of uh, one touchdown, one pick, and 134 yards on less than 50% passing. I do hope the kid is okay because um, he, he was a better runner than I anticipated, even though, I mean, carried the ball 18 times. I guess you should accumulate some yards. But he did have 88 yards rushing. But he was their entire offense, and they couldn't do anything. That's why they only scored 14 points. But Notre Dame's offense couldn't do anything. And I, it's very confusing. It's just very confusing. I don't. Uh, credit to Duke's defense. It's all you can do. Credit to Duke's defense. It was way better than I thought. And, I, you know, my boy uh, Joe, Fighting Irish Faithful, at Faithful underscore Irish, he made the comment that, you know, if if Flogging Molly is going to be the band of the year for five foot nothing, 100 nothing, there's only one song that makes the most sense for what we just walked into, and that would be the Devil's Dance Floor by Flogging Molly. I did not think... Duke's defense was going to be that good. I know Mike Elko is good. We loved him when he was here. He's gone on to do great things. He's doing great things with Duke. But the reality is, it's Duke, man. Come on. Like, it, 
I know we were down two receivers. I get it. But that doesn't mean they should hold us to 21 points based on a conversion. Like, we didn't get 21. We had to go for two to get 21. The Devil's Dance Floor. That's where we went. We went to Wallace Wade Stadium, which turns out was the Devil's Dance Floor. Because that was not what I was expecting at all. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. We took some shots in the opening drive. Tobias Merriweather drops that long pass. Was it a step overthrown? Maybe. But that's a catch elite receivers make. He's got to catch it. You know, then later in the game, he pushed off. I don't agree with the, the flag on the push off, but if, I mean, they called it, right? So if you're going to push off, at least catch the ball, especially when it hits you right in the fucking chest. Like, that that's not a Hartman. Neither one of those throws. How about the one to Flores, right in the, hit him right in the face? I know these guys are freshmen, and they're talented. Or, well, Mary was a sophomore. Flores is a freshman. He's talented. And he made some plays, um, you know, he did have two catches, you know, uh, and Tyree had also two catches. There's other four catches for our wide receivers. <clears throat> they both went two for 28. Um, you got to see more from them, but it, we did take shots in the first half, and then we stopped. I didn't understand why. I don't get it. You know, our offensive game plan was very weird. Mitchell Evans, six catches, 134 yards. Um, we were down Jaden Greathouse, Jaden Thomas, and Deion Colsey. Jaden Greathouse is a true freshman. I never thought we'd see the day where a true freshman was that impactful to where not having him on the field was going to be an issue. But having said that, you knew that going in. That it's like, well, I say you knew that going in. Thursday, I guess he messed up his hamstring. But Colsey and Thomas were ruled out early, so you knew you were down them. Uh, then he finds out you're going to be down Greathouse. That leaves us very, very thin at wide receiver. Fair. Okay. I can understand that, hey, we don't have some of our top receivers. What, what do you want us to do in the passing game? Da, 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 da. Well, then you find Mitchell Evans for six catches and 134 yards. Some of those catches were amazing. And maybe that's why Hartman was looking at him so often. Is like he's reliable, much like Michael Mayer. Uh, problem is Hartman can throw the ball, and now we're seeing some of the issues that people talked about. Uh down the depth of our wide receiver room. Having said that, we have another tight end that is actually leading the team in touchdown receptions. Holden stays. Why did he have no catches? It doesn't make sense to me that you're down wide receivers. You don't know what you're going to do because Duke knows this. They're probably going to stack the box and do the things they did to minimize the run even though it, at the end of the day it turned out okay. I mean, estimated 81 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, 30 of the, the 80 came on one play. Uh, you know, but that's a product of he just he's going to do that. He's a big guy. He's got elusive skills, which, again, you move to the outside. If they're crashing in the middle, bump him outside, whatever. But uh, what I'm getting is Holden Stace. Let me go back to that thought. Holden Stace. We have two tight ends. That are legitimate receiving threats. Obviously. it's You cannot argue it at this point. We've seen it. It's not like a guess. You've seen it in game. You've seen it against quality opponents. 
Holden State's big game was against North Carolina State, who supposedly had a pretty good defense. Mitchell Evans' big game against Duke, and clearly they have a pretty solid defense. But I think we have players on the other side of the ball that can overcome those things. And when you have two tight ends, with those tight, put them both on the field. You don't need, like, do what wins. Do what works. That was the one gripe I always had about Tommy Reese. Didn't understand how to use his personnel. And I don't want Parker to fall into that either. Like, I get it. We do have better, with Flores and Greathouse, we have a better receiver room than we did last year. But if they're not there to play, okay, no problem. We've got two tight ends that can catch the ball, and they can stress the defense too because you put two tight ends on the field, they're probably going to have to defensively play not like nickel. You're going to have to put linebackers on those guys in because if you put nickel out there, well, tight end against a DB, that's an easy block. Let's run the ball. Well, they put two linebackers on there. Well, it's harder to run the ball, but it's easier to pass the ball. Like, why am I sitting at a desk in front of a microphone in Corpus Christi, Texas, while it's pouring rain outside? Um, and I can understand this idea that we have two more than capable pass-catching tight ends, and we only use one of them at a time, it seems. I don't understand. I mean, hell, the Patriots made a big deal of it back when Gronk and Aaron Hernandez were doing their thing. Why Why can't we do that? It's... I. Well, because the well, we only have these formations, and the two tight end sets really only call for run plays, and who cares? Fix it. That's your job. Like it's college, guys. I I keep saying this. It's college football, and I'm emphasizing that because these are still kids, and you need to be able to adjust to the ability and the personnel that you do have. You can't. I'm. Like the Tommy Reese thing. This is my offense and you're going to have to run it. You're going to figure it out. Well, if you have guys that are either out or can't do it for whatever reason, adjust and find something that will work and be successful. There's no reason in back-to-back weeks we're putting up 14 and 21 points. And barely winning and barely losing. Like, if you're holding opponents to 14 and 17 points... Those need to be 10, 14, 20-point wins when you have what we thought we were getting with Sam Hartman. And I'm still not going to knock Sam Hartman because I'm going, watch the game, guys. Like that that last drive, the clip I played, uh, Burmeister, the the 16-yard run, that felt like a very much, you know what, screw this. I've tried, I've thrown the ball, you fuckers keep dropping it. I'm just going to have to run it. I got a better chance running 16 yards than throwing the ball to you because you're going to drop it. Like, Hartman was 15 of 30, on, uh, so 50% on the game. I don't know the uh, the adjusted percentage because, you know, they, they do like those metrics where, like, on target throws, or, you know, drops, you calculate that in. And what, what was uh, Hartman's, you know, true percentage if his receivers did their part? But, I mean, there were numerous drops that, like, we just can't have. You can't have that. That's Because then Hartman's going to have reservations when he's putting the ball where he's supposed to and you're not catching it. But Evans was catching everything. That's why he probably kept going to Evans. Evans catches everything. I'm going to throw to Evans. 
It's kind of the Michael Mayer syndrome. But we, I think we have better receivers than we did last year that are on the great house in Flores. They really help the room. I believe it. But we finally have a quarterback that can get them the ball. But if they're not going to catch it, it's ah, it's frustrating. Um, then we have a kicker. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's say we have a kicker. We don't really have a kicker. I mean, we do. But how many kicks is that guy going to miss before we say we don't have a kicker? Yeah, that's another thing. You know, uh, Notre Dame, five consecutive drives to start the game. Ended in Duke territory. We got a grand total of 10 points. I mean, and is it this idea that, oh, well, we've got this great kicker. So what's our field goal range? Let's not take any unnecessary risks and chances. Well, um, I think you got to forget that mindset. And it's like touchdown or bust. Because he can't, I don't care if he can kick it 60, whatever yards, 60, 70, 80, 80 yard field goal. Wonderful. Who cares? It, well, it'd be amazing if he did it. The problem is he can kick it that far, just not between the uprights. And I, I made the analogy on Twitter. I made it to my dad when we were sitting here this weekend. He's the guy that you would love to have in your little golf scramble. Because he's going to hit the ball 330 yards. Problem is, if you can only use one of those drives over the course of, what do you figure, like 14? Because you usually like four par threes in there. If you only use his drive once, was he really worth it? And and that's the problem. He's hitting it 330 yards, 100 yards into the woods. Good, that helps nobody. I don't care how far you can kick it. I tell my kids all the time in baseball. Like, they want to throw it as hard as they can. And it's like, I don't care how hard you can throw it. If you can't throw it to the target, it's useless. So throwing it 100 miles an hour, kicking it 60 yards, it all sounds great on paper, but if you don't get the job done, it it's useless. So we're, we're getting to that point with Schrader, and it's frustrating. Because it's, it's fun. Like, oh, yeah, we got this kicker that can do this, that, and the other. Except that he can't do this, that, and the other. You think he can. Wait, I'd rather have the guy who, maybe his long is 45, but he's going to make every field goal. It's it's going to cost us. It already did. I mean, hell, Ohio State, it cost us. Let's call it what it is, right? As we can't have it. Uh you know, something else that I, it's mind-boggling to me, and my, I think I scared the crap out of my kids. Um, we can't recover fumbles. That, That's a thing. I mean, we finally recovered one. We finally recovered one. But the, the one strip sack where the ball was just sitting there, the only thing on the television screen was the football. We can't get it. No, sir. I was I was yelling profanities. I was yelling things. My dad said, "Calm down, Mike." I was like, "You calm down." <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I've ne- eleven forced fumbles and we've recovered a one. That's bananas to me. And and then I, I I mentioned that on Twitter and someone said, "Well, I feel like the Chris Tyree mishap." Uh, balances it out. Because, yes, what on God's green earth was that move, Chris? Uh, 
you better have got a stern talking to an old Lou Holtz rip your face mask off because why in the were you trying to get that football? Stay the hell away from it. Whatever your terminology is for your return team, start screaming that and, you know, get whatever the get the fuck away words are, get the fuck away from the football. No, this is more under, ah, I'm going to dive at it. Almost gave Duke the damn ball in scoring range. Can't do that. We struggle to score, so let's not be silly. Man, here comes the rain again. Sheesh. feel like I'm in one of the Carolinas in the middle of a hurricane. Seriously, it's been raining all day. Uh, but nonetheless, the this Duke game was not what I expected to see. Uh, we had to go to a fake field goal to get our offense going. I mean, that's scary, is it not? I mean... Really, I, again, I, I'm using Duke as the old Duke, right? It's, it's Duke. I mean, this is a better Duke team than we've seen in a long, 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 long time. I understand that. But the reality is they're not that good. And there's no reason why we couldn't win this game. More convincingly than having to go for two to cover the spread, which really worked out in my benefit. It's, it, we got to do things better. Uh, we, we need to see more... From the receivers, we should get Great House back. That's huge, obviously. Um, there, there's going to be some things that, going forward, we have to improve upon. Again, I don't haven't looked into Louisville much, but offensively, guys, it, it's got to get better. We have to understand what we have, what we don't have, if players are out, etc. we got to see more creativity. We can't go five times inside the opponent's territory and come away ten points. I don't know how you handcuff yourself. I I don't understand what what happens. Like I I'm very confused by it. I don't love it. But defensively, I mean we are playing amazing football. We really and truly are. We're forcing fumbles, we're getting some turnovers, uh, we're holding opponents to just ridiculously low numbers. At some point, the offense, the defense has to be like, hello, can you, can you put more points on the board, please? I mean, point totals for this year, 3, 3, 24, which the tw- what NC State score, I got to look it up, when it was like two minutes left in the game, they got to the 24. They scored with... Yeah, 2.30 left in the game. So, I mean, but it's still 24. Then 17, 14, 14, sorry, 17, 17, 14. That's winning, but that's championship football. That's championship football. You, you And that was something that we did have questions about just because of what some things happened last year, and I know people are going to focus on the third and nineteen against Ohio State and the ten man and all that kind of stuff. I get it, but guess what? If the offense was worth a shit in either of these last two games, you wouldn't have questions about select plays defensively. Still can't happen. I get it, and it's, it'll still piss me off every time I think about it. I get it, but like, 
and are we thinking like offensively, like oh, well, our defense isn't going to give up a ton of points, so let's just not make any mistakes. Well, that's not why we got a guy like Sam Hartman here. Go out and score points. Like play to win the game, take shots, make big throws. Uh, very confusing game, to be honest. And I'm. I don't want to make this uh, too long today. I'm trying to squeeze this in between, uh, you know, my, my day. Just knock it out real quick because, you know, i got to get my thoughts out there and I don't know what I'll get to do with the rest of the week. But the last little bit I want to talk about before I, you know, kind of end this up is uh, the refereeing. I don't love talking about referees. I rarely do, if, you know. You've listened to the show long enough. I focus on the players and the game. Sometimes I'll focus on referees, but I really don't go down that path too often. But holy smokes. Uh, The targeting call, I guess by the letter of the law, it's targeting, but that's ridiculous. If that's. It makes no sense. It does. You know, I I haven't. So my, my son, my oldest son, he's playing linebacker now and his football team uh, it's in tackle he's 10 years old and he he's on the Cowboys and he calls himself Michael Parsons Jr. I think that's hilarious I love it though Michael Parsons Jr. let's go go get it dude go get it but we were talking about tackling and stuff and my dad me my dad and my son you know we're sitting there talking uh, about so he made a couple tackles on Saturday and talking about it and I said you know it and then we talked about all the missed tackles because we were watching football. Like, all these missed tackles. It's like, guys are just diving at people. Like, I'm going to run as fast as I can and dive at this guy and hope he falls down. Like, just, when I grew up, now granted I'm 39, so when I was in high school it was early 2000s, college, early 2000s. I, t- I told my son, I said, Grayson, like when I grew up, you put your screws in the chest. Like this, and, you know, I use my dad because my son's so small. I use my, like like this, screws on the front of your helmet. Those two screws that when I played, I, they didn't have all the different brands, but it said Riddle or Rydell, however you want to say it. But screws right in the front of your helmet, boom, right in the chest. Then you wrap up. And my dad goes, "Yes, Grayson." And today they call that targeting. <laughs> and I fucking I lost it. Because he's right. I'm sitting here telling my son, like, this is how you tackle it. And today's son, that's called targeting. And, yep, yep, it is. Uh-huh. Then we fucking witnessed it. Not even in the chest. Screws in the hip. That's no good. You can't do it. Patello's gone for half a football. <clears throat> Unbelievable. <clears throat> then the pylon uh, cam. And here's my problem with that. <clears throat> forget, forgetting the reviewing the unreviewable, which is what happened. You cannot review that play, but they did. Whatever. <clears throat> Come back from commercial break. And I even joked with my dad. I said, watch this be a touchback. Yeah, sure enough. Fucking touchback. But, but my issue with it is, <clears throat> fine, review it. Show me the conclusive evidence. Because last time I checked, the big part of the review process is conclusive, indisputable. Whatever fucking fancy word you want to use for cannot be denied seems to get overlooked a lot. 
because I didn't see anything that was conclusive to say that that absolutely went directly over the pylon and not uh, to the out-of-bounds side. I saw nothing that says that. Talk about a game-changer. On the one where your entire offense has to line up in the end zone? No, 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 no. Well, you got, we got you. You're on the 20. Pick your hash mark. I don't care. Fucking ridiculous. I don't get it. Um, the refereeing is so, like the ticky tack against Merriweather. I didn't think that was pass interference. Then they didn't call pass interference when they should have because uh, Mike Elko runs screaming down who knows what about what. Uh, underthrown, uncatchable, I don't know. Here's what I do know. Tobias Merriweather stopped and tried to go back to the football, and the Duke defender would not allow that. I mean, I've seen, I don't know how many pass interference flags thrown because the ball was underthrown. It's still a penalty. You can't, If you can't work back to the ball, it's a penalty. Now, having said that, Notre Dame literally turned, they plaxico burst themselves multiple times. On Saturday, uh, false starts. I mean, that that got to the point of hilarity, including the final drive. We got to go 95 yards. <laughs> Just kidding. We got to go 98. <laughs> false start. And the center, the center and the quarterback should be like the last ones to ever have a false start. Nope, not Saturday. Lining up the line of scrimmage is very defined. They have all kinds of markers. They have human bodies. They've got a stick. They've got all kinds of things that'll tell you this is the line of scrimmage. Line up behind it. Nah. No, thank you. And then even when we do make a mistake, we just accept the mistake. JJB, dude, you jumped off. You had more than enough time to jump back. That's allowed, by the way. I don't know if they tell you that when you're uh, in your meetings defensively. You, if you jump off sides, as long as you don't make contact with the opposing team, you can jump back. Now, if you jump and then they move, well, then it's on you kind of because you instigated it, whatever. But you jumped off sides. You could have jumped back. Instead, you went, oh, no, I'm off sides. Right, snap. I may have paused longer, but the reality is the guy jumped and then he sat and then he gets, we got a sack, I believe, on the plane. It didn't matter. He was off sides. Patello lines up offsides. Cam Hart, dude, you're you're the closest to the person who tells you, yeah, this is the line of scrimmage. Like, we can't do that. You cannot do that. We were on pace for 16 false starts after the first quarter. That's egregious. Yes, the referees had some bonehead, ridiculous crap mixed in there, but we didn't do ourselves any favors. So... You gotta clean the stuff we can control up. Control what you can control. Okay. Um, but we got out of there with a win. That's the best part. Okay. It's fun to talk about all this stuff when we get a win. Alright. We won. We danced on the devil's dance floor. And we won. So let's be happy about that. It's not what we wanted it to look like. I thought we'd win big I I'm not surprised with what our defense did. I'm really not. I'm shocked that our offense couldn't do a little bit more. But, hey, we got one more week to figure it out before we got USC, which if you don't bring your offense against USC, I don't know what to tell you. I think our defense isn't going to allow the points that USC has been putting up. 
But I also don't think we're going to hold USC to under 20 like we've been doing. I just don't see it. Not not because our defense it isn't capable and uh, isn't good. It's obviously, it's just reality check. USC has a really explosive offense and they can get you in a spot. You know, we got to be ready. Got to got to do better at capitalizing. We can't go five trips across the 50 and muster up 10 points. That's not okay. So we'll see what happens. Um, I got to do more homework on Louisville and hopefully get a, a, a preview out in the next few days. But I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm going to get to the rest of my day. Um, thank you all for tuning in. As always, uh, you can find me on Twitter at 5 for nothing Pod. Email me, 5 for nothing Pod at gmail.com. But you're going to see me on Twitter. I'll be there. Tag me. Hit me up. Whatever communication you want to have, I'm all for it. But Notre Dame does improve to 5-1. and one. And we got Louisville up next. So, until next time. Five for nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.